Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This week's podcast is presented by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster has more tickets to more games, shows, and events than any place else and provides the most safe and transparent fan experience. That's because Ticketmaster only sells verified tickets backed up by official partnerships, which means they are all real and you will never get fake tickets. Head to Ticketmaster.com slash NHL to score verified tickets to this year's 2016-17 NHL season. That's Ticketmaster.com slash NHL. Welcome back to yet another edition the podcast people are calling biscuits because that's the name of the the podcast that's not really a compliment that's just a fact they're they're calling it biscuits my name is dave dave lozo of vice sports and many other places and way up north on the other side of the border that's not yet walled off yet is my buddy sean hi sean hey dave how are you how are things down there um they're not good sean i'm not gonna lie to you um we probably have about an hour together today, and I was going to spend like 45 minutes of it seeing if you could just read me apartment listings from your local paper and maybe find me a place to live. I I got a couch here. Yeah? Yeah. And I could... I, how do you how do you feel about like rooming with a six-year-old? Um, I, could, I could probably hook you up with the top bunk. I mean, I... I no I, guarantees. I, I'd really like my own room, Dad, if that's possible. I feel like I've earned that at this point in my life, but I mean... You know, like what time's bedtime? What what am I looking at there? Uh, it, well, if everybody in Canada goes to bed at like nine thirty. <laughs> is Canada is Canada as worried as I am? Like, does Canada is Canada? I feel like Canada has been laughing at us for the last two years, and then like yesterday or Tuesday happened, and now Canada's like, uh oh. Yeah, we aren't really laughing right now, but we're all very happy to live where we live mm. and uh, we wish you folks the very best of luck see that that sounds like you're bailing on us that sounds like we're no longer partners anymore we're, we're gonna break that's up correct two more we're gonna have two yes. nhls a canadian hockey league and, a, and an nhl well we yeah we, i mean we kind of had that already and just call it the playoffs so <laughs> we can just make it official uh that's a good segue should we bother talking hockey i mean I feel like the people probably at this point, I mean, they're going to hear this Friday. They're going to want to move on. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess we can talk about hockey. All right. Let's, let's do that then. Speaking of, speaking of Americans in bad situations, Jacob Truba <laughs> of the Winnipeg Jets was, uh, was held hostage for a couple months. He wanted to get out. He wanted to do something else with his life. He wanted to be free. And, um, Kevin Shevel day off said, sorry, buddy, I own you until you're 26. And that's 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 his world. So weirdly, he wa- he probably wanted to come back to America, and nobody would let him. Pretty much, you know. I mean, he and it was a weird situation because usually when you see this, it's because either somebody wants more money, or because there's been some kind of falling out with the organization or with the coach or whatever. Right. From what we were told, that wasn't the case here. It was just about ice time yeah. and where he wanted to play, and he didn't want to be stuck. Nobody threw like his clothes in the shower or anything like that, right? Not that we know of. Not yet. That <laughs> tends to be yeah. That's the next step in, in Winnipeg, but we're not there yet. But you know, he he had the misfortune of demanding a trade from 
Kevin <laughs> and, and asking Kevin Chevaldeoff to make a trade is kind of it's like asking me to grow wings and fly. It just is is not something that's really in his nature to do. And as many others have pointed out, there was no leverage here at all for Jake and Truba other than not playing. And there was this deadline coming up, but December first, if he's not signed, he can't play in the NHL period for the rest of the year. Yeah. So something had to give. The one hope that he had was that the Jets would struggle, which for a large you know, to a large extent yeah, they, they have been. Did. Yeah. They, they 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 have been, but not enough that it it forced them to say, okay, let's go and and make a trade that we don't want to make. Uh and so now it, you know, Jacob True, but not only does he lose the battle of wills and end up coming back to the Winnipeg Jets, but he, he comes back without much of a contract. Right. I, I don't know what you thought of that, but I, I thought two years Six million total, uh, boy, that's uh, that's a tough one. It's just such a racket, and like I know it's a racket. I know that it's an old boys club, and the thing about Jacob Truba's situation is he's he's in this system that's completely built and designed to screw him and any player his age. Because, it, and again, it's not even that the system screws him. Like the system in place, if it's operated and used honestly is great because he's an RFA that can receive an offer sheet from any of the 29 other teams in the NHL. He's a guy who's not a malcontent. He just says, Hey, I don't want to play here anymore. Everyone says he's a great guy. He's a young defenseman. Apparently you can get him for very cheap, like $3 million a year. So it's not as though you're going to have to give up a bunch of first round picks to sign him. Everything is there to, to get that guy out of Winnipeg. And nobody comes along to do it. Like Nikita Kucherov, I understand his situation where maybe he doesn't want to leave. You know, he's worth six and a half million dollars. Probably not a lot of teams have that to give. But it's just a situation where I don't understand how, like, the the threat of of him signing like a seven year, forty two million dollar offer sheet and then Winnipeg matching it is a nightmare. But how does nobody come along and just say, "Hey, we like Jacob Truba. You don't. You're not going to be able to keep Jacob Truba." Here's something for Jacob Truba. Like how it's it's just it's such a rigged system. It's rigged, Sean. It's a rigged system that's fixed and biased against a great American like Jacob Truba. It it is it is you know what it is a rigged system. But I'm not I'm not completely clear on how it's rigged. And what I what I mean by that is I know a lot of people look at the the lack of offer sheets and they say that it's it's collusion. This is the owners getting together and and. Well, it is either formally or if I, well, but here's the flip side of that is, is this weird convention kind of evolved over the years where every offer sheet gets matched every time teams, even if, even if it's a bad offer sheet, even if it's way too much money, way too long, uh, you know, when, when the Nashville predators matched the Shea Weber offer sheet, I, I feel like that was the one that made it clear that these things are all going to get matched always. And, if you're an NHL GM and people are saying, why don't you put an offer sheet in on Jacob Truba? You know, you need a guy like he could potentially maybe even play on your top pair right now. I'm sitting there thinking, if I know 100% that it's going to get matched, why bother? Why put myself out there? Why, uh, why spend the time putting this deal together when all I'm ultimately going to do is put a good player back in another team's lineup uh, maybe screw up their cap space. And I know people always say, well, you know, you should be out there competing and make, make it tougher on somebody else. But if, if they're not in my division, why do I really care if the Winnipeg Jets cap space is all screwed up? I, I guess, you know, th- there's this weird kind of game theory thing that's evolved now where teams have figured out that as long as you always match, no matter how bad the offer is, it it suddenly doesn't really make sense for anyone to ever make an offer anymore. And I don't know if that's collusion so much if it's just, I, I don't know if it's a flaw in the system or, or what it is, but I, I think to, in a weird way, teams are actually behaving rationally here. That's that's the hottest offer sheet take I've ever heard in my life, ever. That there's no collusion, <laughs> that it's all great and good. I'm saying that it's... it's Come on. It, it, it just makes, it, it makes sense. I don't think there's anything nefarious to it necessarily. Um I think it's just, I mean, w- would you want your favorite team's GM to put an offer sheet in on Jacob Truba, knowing 
with 100% certainty that the Jets were just going to match it. Well, I don't know if there is 100% certainty in every situation. Like That's how Brandon Saad and Dougie Hamilton got out of town, partly because they were just like, well, this other team's going to come and offer sheet him. Let's let's make a trade. If there's the pressure of the offer sheet to Jacob Truba, then you can do something. Like If I was a GM, I would. it would just be like my regular life now where I have no friends. I would have no friends at any GM meetings ever. Like I would come around and try to poach everyone's good players. Like Hampus Lindholm... I would I would be like I'd be like John Cusack and say anything outside of his house, holding up a boombox, begging him to come play for my team because that's the perfect situation. Great young defenseman, top ten defenseman in the league, probably young. Ducks have no cap space. Just just get just screw them over. I would just say to myself, look, I think Hampus Lindholm is worth seven million dollars a year. Here's a seven and forty nine contract. Go ahead, match it. And if you're going to be mad at me about that for the next seven years, every time we go golfing down in Fort Lauderdale or wherever the hell the meetings are, too bad. I I want I want the best players on my team. Like I just think about how many teams desperately need def- defensemen, like 25 of them, and none of them are going after any of these guys. It's 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 just it's bad. It's bad. I think for teams, and I think it's bad for the players because you're 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 not getting the value you deserve, and that also is part of how the CBA is set up in general, but. There's, yeah, there, there's no question at all, no question at all that it's bad for the players. I, I don't dispute that for a second. That your so pro owner system is not working for the young, for the young players. I, I just you know again, and you're right. Lindholm's a, the the perfect example, and he probably wound up with an even worse contract than Trippett right. did because right. he's signed long term now. Uh, at you know, and and he's making money that's. Uh, it, it's good money, but even even relative to NHL defensemen. But for someone as good as he is, uh, he's locked in for a long time, uh, real cheap. I, I just again, I, I come back to you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a Leafs fan. The Leafs need defensemen, and they've got money. They go and make an offer sheet on on Hampus Lindholm. The, the Ducks match the offer, and then they probably trade Cam Fowler to some other team. So maybe I've made the Ducks worse. I've made some other team better. I haven't done anything for myself, you know. I, I've got so know? many hours in the day to. Well, <laughs> you're not that, I, I you're guess not that I, busy. The way you know is that we haven't seen one of these things go unmatched in in ten years, and every NHL GM always says whenever this situation comes up, they say just to be very clear, we will match any offer. And y- yeah, you're right. There may be a you know the 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 one guy who didn't match was Brian Burke, and it turned out to be pretty smart because it was a contract. It was too much money, and he ended up getting good draft picks. And I, I think that. Maybe the GMs are probably making a mistake a lot of times when they when they just do this knee jerk automatic match. I mean, sometimes you're getting four first round picks for a guy. That's a real good uh, right. go out and grab it and 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 move on. But for some reason, they've just decided that they can't do that, uh, and and it's it's become this weird thing where everybody just automatically matches. Uh, you're right. Maybe you know. Maybe you take your shot and and you hope that you're that that one per decade that uh, that actually slips through. Um, but I don't. I, I don't like your odds. Put it that way. Hey, that's that's my that's my life when I'm when I'm trying to date women too. It's just one every ten years. That's all I'm looking for is just just having that one you know one bounce go my way. Like if I was a, if I was an owner in the NHL, I would absolutely run your show with your with your with your never say never say go for it attitude. Yeah, my defeatist attitude. <laughs> I would. That's what it is. It's because you've watched you've watched too much Leafs hockey over the years where you're just like, eh, we'll probably just lose anyway. <laughs> I would. I if I'm an owner. I would have my GM spend a lot more time uh, making trades and uh, and trying to get better that way than uh, than wasting his time putting out offer sheets that may end up hurting the team that we're aiming it at but aren't going to help us at all. Trades, remember trades? Remember when we were kids and the NHL had teams Vaguely. that made trades? It was awesome. Ah, oh, those were the days. I beat the drum on this for so long. Trades were such a fun part of being a fan. Uh, it, you yeah. know, just the, the rumors and the, you know, guys moving around and, and there used to be big trades in the NHL. You know, I, I mean, now there's for the first few months of the season, there's no trades period, but I mean, there oh, there was one big, big one. There's, there's the one you saw that one the other day, right? Yeah. Mac oh, sure. Yeah. McElrath for Camphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate this league. <laughs> I miss trade. And, and the thing is, I like, I feel like this is an issue the league should actually be concerned about. To some extent, at least, to, to look around and go, wait a second, there's there's no trading in this league anymore. Other than uh, right around the deadline, uh, the trade deadline, you get a whole bunch of deals, but they're all rental deals. Uh, you get maybe a couple of big trades 
on the draft weekend. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit here and there over the, but, but really not very much any other time of the year. And like I've said over and over again, the NHL seems to keep forgetting that they're an entertainment product. Right. And anytime a part of that entertainment product starts to fall off the map, I, you know, they should be looking at themselves going, you know, well, wait a second. What's going on here? Why is there no more trading? And, you know, maybe there's good reasons for it. Uh, maybe there's not. But, you know, that, this seems like the sort of thing that a league that was on top of what its fans, in other words, its customers want to see out of the product, uh, would be concerned about. But of course, this being the NHL, they're, they're just busy scheduling outdoor games and releasing new uniforms. And, uh, if, if we don't get another trade between now and January and then. Oh well, uh, I guess uh, they don't, they don't seem to mind too much. It's like football, like the, during during the NFL season, the NFL trade deadline. All the, the the big story at the NFL trade deadline was a Browns offensive lineman didn't get traded. It was like, oh boy, oh my goodness, like that's going to be the NHL in like five years. It's going to be like, oh my god, the trade that the trade deadline this year was so insane. It's like they almost traded that defenseman for a third round pick. It was so crazy. I couldn't stop refreshing my Twitter to see if that guy would or wouldn't get traded. <sighs> Yeah. No, it's and even the trade deadline is is has gone downhill the last few years. I with it like it's become a a running joke especially up here in Canada because we we broadcast it around the <laughs> clock on two different networks uh and nothing happens. I mean, I was I was down for Sportsnet. I was part of their broadcast this year and I I mean, we're sitting there it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and nothing has happened yet. <laughs> uh and we did get some deals and that but I mean, it they're, they're even now uh, you know, and, and I find it frustrating as a fan. And again, as a fan, like I used to love this stuff. It, it's like there's this cycle of every GM just constantly explaining why right now they can't make a trade. Always. You know, you, you get guys at the, at the, at the draft, they, sometimes you get a few trades, but a lot of GMs walk away from the draft. They haven't made a deal. And they say, well, we want to wait till free agency. Cause when teams miss out on free agents, then maybe some things will shake free. And then free agency comes and those same GMs go, well, now nobody's got any cap space, so we can't really do anything. But at training camp, once people get a look at their teams, <laughs> then we'll do it. Training camp comes along. Everybody loves their team at training camp. Nobody's injured. Everything's fine. And they say, well, okay, we'll wait till we get into the season. You get into the season. Now the cap kicks back in uh, and uh, and it's too early to make a trade. And we're told, hey, we're not going to we're not gonna make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. We're not going to panic, even though we're 0-10 and already out of the playoffs. You get a couple of trades, maybe around the Christmas deadline, and then everyone says, wait till wait till the trade deadline, wait till the trade deadline. You get to the trade deadline, it's a bunch of rentals, and then what are you told after the trade deadline, when the GM trots up there, does his little press conference to explain why he didn't do anything, what does he say? Wait till the draft. And then we just do the whole cycle all over again, and at some point, we got to realize there's just certain GMs in this league who don't want to trade. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you the other thing, I don't <laughs> buy this idea that it's the salary cap that killed trading. I don't know. I don't know where you come down on this, but I, I'm, I'm not. I don't accept that excuse from GMs that the salary cap has made it too hard to trade. What is it then? Do you think it's just guys are just in love with their players? By the way, for those listening, that that's as close as you're going to hear Sean fly into a rage. That calm, measured statement about about the the trade cycle and how nothing happens. That 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 was Sean flying off the handle. It was so great. That was Canadian rage. <laughs> pure canadian rage because gms don't trade anymore it no but it, it is because you you know people say this every time this comes up they just go well it's the salary cap salary cap made trading impossible and it's the salary cap made trading more complicated i don't think there's any question about that but first of all this isn't the nhl is not the nba it's not the NBA where the trades have to match almost dollar for dollar there's a lot of you've got room you as long as both teams have cap room you can make any trade that you want to make in the NHL. There's no uh, – uh, you've got the ability to make, to keep salary. You've got the ability to keep cap hit up to 50% of it. That should give you lots of room. And the reality is most of the teams in the league have lots of cap room, especially once you get halfway through the season and everything's prorated. They've got lots of cap room. Now, they might have internal budgets, but they also had internal budgets 10 years ago and 20 years ago. Like, teams have always had budgets they had to watch, and that didn't stop these guys from doing their jobs. I, you know, I if, if I was a fan of one of these teams and my GM was constantly out there, because it's not all of them. You know, Jim Nill makes trades. Stan Bowman makes trades. Uh, you know, a handful of other guys are, are not – Jim Rutherford is not shy about making trades. But if I was a fan of one of these teams who's up there – 
whose GM is always up there mumbling and groaning about how hard it is to make a trade. I'd be furious that this guy has got like three or four tools in his toolbox and he's already writing one of them off because it's too hard. But Stan Bowman only makes his trades when he's already overpaid a bunch of guys and they've won a cup and now they have to get rid of good players because like his trades never seem like they're out of necessity. And when they are, it's like, hey, you know what? We we have Trevor Daly. We, we'd, we'd like Rob Scuderi instead. We're, we're, we're going to take Rob Scuderi. And all their other trades are just like, well, we got to get rid of Brian Bickle's contract. Guess we got to attach Tevu Taravine into that. Like, hey, we got... We got this super awesome, really handsome dude named Patrick Sharp. Uh, at least we got to trade him for nothing too. Like Stan Bowman's trades are. That's another thing too. Is why are the Blackhawks still good? I, it, th- 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 if there's ever a team that should not win seven games in a freaking row, it's this team. The, the, this team that gave up like 42 power play goals the first nine games. Their 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 second line center is Artem Anisimov, who I love to death, who is somehow leading the NHL in scoring. I, the, I'm not saying they should miss the playoffs or anything, but I feel like their days as a contender should be over. And then I watched last night and they just go toe to toe with St. Louis. Uh, I don't hate the Blackhawks. I don't want to make it seem like I'm rooting against them, but I'm kind of like, I'm really, 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 really sick of the Blackhawks. I want I want, I want, I want something new, man. Like that's just how I, like my, my whole thing is like, I want like new experiences in my life. I want to just like even little tiny things like, like movies. Like I, I I don't want to watch the Ghostbusters remake and it's not because it stars women. It's because I've seen Ghostbusters already like a hundred times. I don't want to see people bust ghosts. I want to see something new. Like the Blackhawks are basically like, they're, they're like the Fast and Furious movies. Like, they were fun at first. Like, okay, it's great. And now we're at a point where it's like they should not still be as good as they are, and I'd like something else. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, and 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 I'm, I see where you're coming from. Good luck with Blackhawks fans <laughs> up with that take, by the way. I, I, I love Chicago Blackhawks fans, but I got to tell you, there is no fan base that wins more and works harder to cast themselves as the underdog that everyone else is against. Do they? Then the then the Chicago. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Chicago. Like you, you. I mean, if 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 I cheered for a team like the Blackhawks that won had won three Stanley Cups and was always one of the best teams in the league, like there would there would be nothing you could say that would bother <laughs> me. Blackhawk fans just were. I guess that's just like their fuel, their energy is that everybody hates us and every. It's like no, nobody hates. No, every, everybody's writing articles about how amazing you are and how great. And 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 then you you can write. 2,000 words about how amazing the Blackhawks are. And if your last sentence is, you know, but hey, someday it's going to end, they'll <laughs> grab that and throw it on, throw it on Reddit or throw it on their little, their Blackhawks forum. And they'll be like, you believe this idiot thinks that the Blackhawks are going to be terrible this year. And they, I, I may be speaking from experience. This may have happened to me and I may still be scarred by it. Somebody, somebody like pops onto the Reddit and they're like, well, actually he has Panarin winning the rookie of the year, Taves winning the Selkie and Kane winning the MVP and Corey Crawford winning the Vezina. Yeah. But he has Quenville finishing second in coach of the year. No. Yeah. And you're, you're like, no, I, I wrote that they're the, I wrote that they're the best. And they're like, well, I didn't see that. And you're like, dude, it's in the same paragraph that you're angry about. It's two lines above. (laughs) There are so many fan bases that are really good at being whiny and persecuted every time anyone criticizes them, but I've never seen a fan base that works as hard to find that criticism in the mountains of praise uh, that get thrown their way. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk a bit about the Blackhawks and is this team, I don't want to say, are they for real? They're the Blackhawks. Of course they're for real. But I I had a piece today on, on, uh, Sportsnet, where I was looking at at the uh, some of the teams at the top and the bottom of the standings, and I was looking at the PDO stat, which I think everybody I think is familiar with that one by now. It's it's an advanced stat that is not remotely advanced <laughs> in any way. You just have to add two numbers together. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, two, two of them with a calculator. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, of course, you're gonna oh. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna use a calculator for for that. But it's it's it, it it's a number that. Basically, it just serves as a potential warning flag of, of teams that may be either over or underachieving, partly based on luck. And, and the, the reason I bring it up is that the Blackhawks are kind of off the charts right now on the high end of PDO, which would indicate not that they're just winning because they're lucky, right. but that they're winning in a way that going forward, they're, they're not going to be able to sustain. I, I mean, Corey Crawford's playing out of his mind. Uh, and the Blackhawks are shooting the lights out, especially at even strength. I mean, their their number is super high 
across all situations. But when you take out special teams, because they, they've struggled badly there, especially on the penalty kill, even strength, it's, it's just, it's completely ridiculous. So there is an element of luck in what's happened here. The, the first little bit, there is an element of, uh, of some percentages that they're not going to be able to keep up. The flip side to that is, you know, the, the Blackhawks themselves and, and a lot of people who watch them are looking at this team saying they haven't played their best game yet. They're, they're actually not looking great. And the puck is just, is just finding a way to get in for them. Um, you know, I don't know if we should be saying, well, it's, you know, they're lucky they got to come back to the pack or whether we should be saying what happens when they actually start playing the way that they can. What's their, what's their PDO sitting at as of today? The, their PDO, they, they are one of, uh, there's a group of five teams that are all right around the 105 mark, uh, oh, yeah. all of which, and it's, it's weird because it's, it's teams that you would probably expect, right? It's, it's Chicago, it's Montreal, it's the New York Rangers, who are obviously doing that largely on on shooting. It's it's the Minnesota Wild who had that shutout streak uh, for a while, so that's what's pushing it up. And then it's the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is a team that I wouldn't expect to see there because normally when you talk about teams that are on a PDO bender, those are going to be teams high in the standings because they're having, in theory, good luck. And the Blue Jackets are, I, I think, tied for first in the entire league, and they're not even in the playoffs right now. That is largely, though, because of that 10 nothing game against Montreal. If you take that out, yeah. they, they suddenly fall back. But the, yeah, Chicago is like around 105 all situations, and I think it gets up to close to 108 if you're just even strength. And and if you're not familiar with people, I mean, it, it it's 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 almost about, I mean, 110 would be the maximum you could possibly get. Uh, so to get it 107, 108 is just, uh, it, I mean, that's... It, that that's the the warning light on the dashboard isn't just flashing it's starting to smoke and screech and, and <laughs> just like in the fast and the furious like when vin diesel drops the hammer and it goes to overdrive or whatever happens in those movies i don't know but like yeah chicago's like i feel the same way about the rangers to some extent too where they're good but they're not this good like chicago's good they're not this good montreal's good but they're not this good and Again, what are we? Fourteen games in, thirteen games in. It'll it'll change. Like, there's no way Chicago is on. What are they on a pace for right now? Like 120 points, 115 points. It's yeah, not that's. Gonna, I mean, there's it's not there's last. a lot of teams that are on these pace, and that's why I know. Like, if you're a Montreal fan and someone says, "Well, they're this can't last," you're going, "Well, yeah, they're not going to win 70 games." Uh, the you know the the question is, how good can they be? And the other question with with all of these teams is. You know, even if this isn't for real, even if it's all a mirage, it's all luck, it's it, it's all going to come crashing down. They're 13 or 14 games in. They banked a lot of points off of this already, except for Columbus. So, uh, you know, that even then you start getting to a point where you're going, yeah, maybe we're only a 90 point team. But if we play at a 90 point pace the rest of the way, we're going to have close to 100 points and we're going to cruise into the playoffs. You think they're gonna? You think they're gonna be the top seed in the West when it's all done? I don't know. The West is weird. Like San Jose, I think is dead last in PDO, and I thought they were a pretty good team, and they're kind of hanging around five hundred. I just, I just don't. Yep. Again, I just like Chicago. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It just seems like I've been saying this for two years. Oh, by the way, the the, the thing I wrote on Vice, where I basically spent a thousand words, just telling the Blackhawks to go away. It was weird. Like, of course, there was like a few dudes with like Chicago Cubs avatars on Twitter who were like, oh, oh, looks like someone's out of out of things to write. And I'm like, no, I literally I'm not. You just replied to a thing I wrote. But <laughs> like for the most part, they were like, yeah, we get it. This is funny. Like, I didn't really get a ton of like the the angry down goes brown um, repercussions from from what I wrote. But I just I, I just don't know how they have Keith. They have Seabrook. And they have Chalmerson. And I don't like beyond that, like I'm not saying it's it's the dregs or anything like that, but I don't know how they can again, Corey Crawford's even strength save percentage is like nine eighty two. Hockey's dumb. Like there's no no one should ever have a nine eighty two five on five save percentage for fourteen games. I, 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 I how about we start a football podcast? Can we switch over 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the our, our producer Tim says yes. We can start talking. All right. So Eli Manning. I don't think they could. I don't think they can do anything if we just start. Yeah. If we change over and start talking about a different sport altogether. Right. And like the people have already started listening for 30 minutes. It's like, all right, all right. Ne- next week, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how Andy Dalton's uh, mid-range passing game is hurting the Cincinnati Bengals um, in the long term and especially in the playoffs. So get, get, get your emails in, get your tweets in. And uh, for the rest of the show, we're just going to talk about Vin Diesel's movie library. So um, the one where he's a lawyer, that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I think the Ottawa Red Blacks are going to take the Eastern Eastern Division in the CFL this year. What do you think? I got to tell you, the Alouettes, the Alouettes have looked really strong in their Rouge game this year. Hey, excellent. Look at you. Is that a, is that a thing? I don't even know if that's a thing. It's not really a thing, but you, I mean, you use the words properly, so that's <laughs> that's progress. Three oh, downs boy. and a cloud of syrup. That's... <laughs> <laughs> So we're halfway through the show, and that means it's once again time to remind you that this week's podcast is presented by Ticketmaster. As Sean knows, Ticketmaster has more tickets to more games, shows, and events than any place else and provides the most safe and transparent fan experience. You're aware of this, right, Sean? I am aware, and Dave, I don't know if you're aware, but the reason for that is that Ticketmaster only sells verified tickets backed up by official partnerships. And what that means is they are all real, and you will never get fake tickets. Wow, because that's that's actually pretty good, because you don't want to get fake tickets. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to head to Ticketmaster.com slash NHL to score verified tickets to this year's 2016-2017 NHL season. Once again, that's Ticketmaster.com slash NHL. You have feelings about about blindside hits. I know. I know that's. I know. I know you went. I know you flew off the handle a little bit earlier there with the trades. I, I feel like we're going to hear some 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 real serious anger from you when it comes to hits like the Kadri hit. What did you think of the Kadri hit? Did you think that should have been a suspension? I'll try to stay calm on this one. The Kadri the hit, man. That I, I. I mean, when that hit happened, when my first reaction that I tweeted out was, <laughs> I hate that hit. And yet, I think that might have been a clean hit. And I, I'm still on that might. Like, I see every replay I see, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I'm not sure. It, it was a hit he didn't need to throw at that point in the game. It's a dangerous hit. It's a defenseless player. I don't like seeing star players uh, get, get targeted that way. So, you know, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy if, if we could wave a magic wand and make that hit have never happened. But then you look in the rule book and you say, okay, what rule did he break that he needs to get suspended for? And what it comes down to is, do you think that he got the head as the main point of contact? And if you don't believe that, and it, or if you feel like that's not conclusive, because there are certain angles where it looks like he did and certain angles where it looks like it's more shoulder to shoulder, there really isn't anything else there that you can point to and say, that's a suspension. I, I know I've, got all, I've had all sorts of people tell me, you know, he's he's hitting a defenseless player. There's nothing in the rule book that says he can't hit a defenseless player. They're saying, oh, he's it's a right, blindside right. hit. There's nothing in the rule book that says that you that blindside hits aren't allowed unless they target the head. So, uh, you know, other than that, wh- what rule did he break? He basically broke the rule. I, I think he broke the rule of don't be a dick. Yeah. But if but we suspended not, for that... really in the CBA, though. If we suspended for that, half the league wouldn't be available at any... Any given game, like I, th- I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was fine. I, I'm not fine, but I thought it was legal because it's, it's just, it's one of those things where, just based on physics and human anatomy, it's impossible to really pick the head if you're going to go through the guy's shoulder. So if you, if you hit the guy's shoulder, you don't hit him from behind. He has the puck. Like it's, it's again, it's, it's a hit where. I, I, I brought this up a bunch of times during the course of my, of my adult life, and, and it's, Gordy Howe was talking about back when he played and back when he played of course like dudes were braining each other with sticks it wasn't like this peaceful time to play hockey but he said when guys checked back then the point of a check was to get the guy to no longer have the puck so you could take the puck and go the other way and somehow over time it became about just like sending the guy's brain into next week it became about just like lighting the dude up as bad as you can and like on that play where Kadri hits uh Sedin yeah, he prevents the shot. Actually, the shot might have got off now that I think about it. But the the point there is, is just after he wrecks him, there's no way for Kadri to just get the puck and take it back and go three on two the other way. And I think that, like, uh, I remember talking to Brad Richards about this back when he was a Ranger, and, and like he talks about you know having respect and all that for your opponent. And it's not respect where it's just you know don't hit the guy from behind, don't cheap shot him or anything like that. But it's just 
like that hit, like what are you trying to accomplish there? You can you can you can deliver that hit with a quarter of the force and have the same outcome at the end of it. But for some reason, we're in a day and age where guys want to have that highlight reel hit. I don't know if they want to be on Canadian Sports Center with an RE at the end. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the goal is, but it just at some point somewhere along the line. Again, like going back to the '60s and the four, like, like the reason why we have the All Star Game is because a dude back in like the 1920s or whatever basically killed a guy on the ice because he was mad that he got checked earlier. So hockey hasn't changed all that much, but in terms of body checking, it, it's just it's just not you know finishing your check and all that stuff. It's just a lot of it's just it's 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 not pointless, but it's kind of pointless. Yeah, and and there's a lot less of it today than there used to. I mean, you're right. It, it was kind of the the 80s and 90s, I mean, it feels like Scott Stevens was kind of the the guy who helped usher that era in of, of the big open ice hit where you catch somebody with their head down and, and just destroy them. And there were some other guys, you know, Wendell Clark and, and a few others, uh, and and it could just really target guys. And we loved it back then. I mean, and, and there was far, far more of it and far more dangerous hits throwing back then i mean to this day I, there there are times where i'll go on i'll go on twitter and you know i'll see everyone's talking about some hit that just happened and is this going to be a suspension or whatever and then when i finally see the hit it might be a bad hit but i'm sitting there thinking you know nobody would have even thought twice about that hit 20 or 25 right. years ago uh and and you know the cadre hit if that had happened 25 years ago people would have it would have been on the highlight reels it would have been on that year's rock'em sock'em hockey but nobody would have said that that was a dirty hit or a dangerous hit or anything like that so in some sense i guess we're making progress if if you know assuming you want to make the game safer and uh you want to eliminate unnecessary risk uh we're making progress but you know the the game is changing and it's i i and i don't think we're there yet but there is going to come a point where i i feel like we're going to have to stop and say all right do we want hitting in the nhl or not like open ice hitting. Do we want hitting that has a purpose beyond, like you say, separating someone from the puck? Do we want intimidation to be part of the game? Do we want players to have to make the calculation of, do I want to cut across the blue line here knowing that I could get smoked? Or do we want to take that out and make it so that it's known that, you know, people, they might try to take the puck away from you, but they're not going to try to knock you out of the game. Uh, And I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but... I feel like we're getting to a point where more and more with some of these hits, and, and again, the Kadri one, I'm I'm fine if people want that one out of the game. But with some of these hits that I see that you know, people getting up in arms about, at some point, I feel like the, the logical place this leads us is, do we want to have this kind of hitting in the game or not? And I'll tell you, when it comes to that discussion... But I mean, you're you're gonna have a war on your hands with some hockey fans. So just to check all the boxes here, uh, Friday when this comes out, by Friday afternoon we should have Blackhawks fans um, and dudes who are gonna say that we pee sitting down because we're such wimpy women that we want to take hitting out of the game. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to to engaging engaging with the and Canucks fans who will be furious that we we don't want Nazem Kadri suspended for ten games. But Canucks fans are are usually pretty chill and. Uh, and and not at all not at all prone to overreaction. No, no, no. I, that's just hockey fans in general. Like I'm okay with taking out blindside hits. Like I don't think that hit should be in the game, whether yeah. it's shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to head. But because that's the other question, again, right? It's it's it should you know should blindside hits be in the game is one question. Are blindside hits allowed is a different question. And if you want blindside hits out, by all means, there there was there were reports that some of the GMs tried to get that done this summer and and didn't didn't get the traction right. but if that's when you do it you do it in the off season the gms get together and say we're going to change the rule book you don't suddenly expect the department of player safety to make up these rules in the middle of the season because they've seen a hit that you didn't like or even even maybe that they didn't like and say okay we're going to suspend a guy for a blindside hit even though there's there's no nothing in the rule book uh that says that a blindside hit Unless it's unless he hits the head, unless he leaves his feet, which Kadri didn't do, unless it's a charge, which Kadri got a penalty for charging, but it wasn't an obvious right. late hit or something like that. If there's not something else, a blindside hit in the NHL is still okay. And if you don't want it to be, go yell at the GMs. Don't yell at the Department of Player Safety. Like I think the guys have to be facing each other. Like if it's if, you, if you're coming in from the side, I mean, even in football, like you, you know, they don't have 
like like those kind of blocks are almost like remember when Heinz Ward used to just lay out dudes on on Sundays with those like little crackback blocks like like they took those out even though technically by the time Heinz Ward made contact with like the unsuspecting linebacker he was he was in front of him they just said look we got to stop doing that I I don't know how you can police it in terms of that in hockey because it's not as though people are moving in opposite directions on every single play guys are coming from all over the place and at the same time too like let's say you're like okay i'm okay with kadri hitting sadine there but he doesn't have to hit him that hard well how do you how do you judge that how do you say how hard is a good hit and how like what like what's over the line are you you're going to measure like impact like physics on the like referees can't even tell when a guy hits a head hits a head with a shoulder never mind how hard he's going so maybe you just take that out altogether and just say like if 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 your skates are both facing the same direction, you can't. But then again, it's it's kind of like you know I don't know I don't know what the answer is. It I, is, I, and, I, and you I, know what? I'd love to solve all the problems, but this I can't is today. and this is what happens. People, you know, because I've had this conversation with fans, and it goes the same way. They they say I want this out, and you say okay, what does that look like? And you start drilling down to what an actual rule would look like. And it gets tougher. I mean, it's it's not. I know that there are some hits where we all look at and say, "I want that out." Okay, fine. But what does that rule look like? What are we actually getting rid of? And then, you know, in the other piece of it, and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll represent the old school here a little bit. Is is there any responsibility on the player who's got the puck to know where everyone else uh. is to protect himself? It, it, you know. When you talk about hitting a defenseless player, is it do I have any responsibility to not let myself be a defenseless player or to accept the risk of being a defenseless player if I'm going to try to shoot the puck in a high traffic area or cut across the blue line or or do whatever else? Um, you know, and, and I ask I'm not asking that rhetorically. I don't feel like there's an obvious answer to that, but I, I do think it's it's worth asking. And I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of people in in the league office who who feel very strongly that there still is a responsibility on these guys that that safety isn't just about the guy delivering the hit. Uh, again, it's like it's case by case because the the preseason uh Jimmy VC Rako Gudis that hit where VC kind of turns like I I understand he turns, he's coming down the boards, he stops to go back up the wall and Gudis just continues on with the hit and everyone's like, "Oh, VC can't turn there. He's not in college anymore." But at the same time, I feel like you see that play happen a hundred times in a week where a guy's coming down the wing, the defenseman cuts him off, the defenseman knows he's going to cut and go back up the wall. You don't have to put him through the wall like that. And it's, yeah, you don't want to turn like that very often against a guy like Radko Gudis, but in that situation, I feel like it's kind of iffy. But, or it's kind of like 50 50. Like I can see the argument for both sides. But then there's the Pasternak kit on Girardi where Girardi's trying to catch a puck that's been in the air for like 16 seconds with his head up in the air. You're going to get rocked there every time. Like there's no, there's a lot you can do to avoid that. You can while the puck's in the air, you can kind of look around. You don't have to try to catch it. You're gonna have to catch it and put it down. Because if you catch the puck out of midair, what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna look down at the ice as you put the puck down on the ice. You're gonna get lit up. So that's like that suspension. I still completely disagree with. I don't even think he picked the head on that. I think that's a situation where as a player, you can totally protect yourself. But when it comes to the Sedine hit, I don't know what he's supposed to do there. Like he's driving to the net. He has the goaltender in front of him. He's got a defenseman trying to take away the pass. I don't know how, based on the way your head is and where your eyeballs are in your head, how you could ever protect yourself from Kadri there. So maybe you just can't do that I, hit I guess. I guess the argument would be that I don't know. maybe the only way you protect yourself there is by not taking the shot at that particular time or, and, or, or by, you know, that we, <laughs> yeah. we, we like to say in hockey, right? He took the hit to make the play. Uh, usually it's more when you're talking about a, a guy getting the puck out of his own or, or making a pass or something, but, uh, you know, I don't know. And maybe that's the kind of thinking that eventually comes out of the game. But I, I know like you and I, we're both old enough to remember a time where there was all sorts of hitting from behind. Like, I mean, there was a time where you were, it was perfectly acceptable to go right at a guy, see both of his numbers and just slam him face first into the mm-hmm. boards. And that was considered a good hit. And, you know, they put it on Coach's Corner and talk about, uh, uh, you know, great hit. And eventually people started to say, wait a second, someone's going to get their neck broken. Some people did get their neck broken. Uh, but, you know, right. somebody at the NHL level is, is going to, there's going to be a horrific injury. We need to stop that. And 
and and we did and we did we, there's new rules and we we basically took hitting from behind almost entirely out of the game and and took it entirely out of the game in the sense that today when you see it it's almost always something that everyone immediately says yes that that's a bad hit and and something has to happen with that but the flip side is old school fans will tell you there used to be a time where you didn't turn your back when you were along the boards Whereas now guys go in and immediately they just they flip the numbers around because they know now I can't be hit. Uh, and the, and as soon as you start, there, you know, there's always that unintended consequence when you start saying we're going to protect this or we're going to say you can't hit a defenseless player. Does that suddenly change not just the way that the guy getting ready to throw the hit plays the game? Does it change the way the guy who has the puck plays the game and what he can do? Uh, and what he does or doesn't do to protect himself, and is that a good thing? I, I would argue very strongly that when it comes to hitting guys from behind, that if the price for not having guys go face first into the glass a couple of times a game is that some guys do turn their backs, and you know maybe it's it, it, it's it's a little bit annoying or it makes them a little bit tougher to poke the puck away. I'll take that trade off every time, but. I remember when these changes were being made. Nobody said, "Oh, this is gonna this is gonna change the way the guys, uh, the guy with the puck plays." That was just something that that was sort of an unintended consequence. I think it just goes back to their respect thing. I just you, you have a choice when you see the numbers. I've seen guys a million times pull up and just kind of gently bump the guy into the boards. And when you have your back to a guy, that's all it takes to knock you off the puck is just a little bump from behind because you're 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 not braced for it. You don't feel the impact. You. If you, if you just get a little tap in the lower back while you're on skates, you're gonna go. You're gonna you're gonna move, and you that's that's all you got to do when a guy's six inches from the boards. You don't have to radko gudis it every single time. You can just give the guy the nudge. You can kind of just lean into him. It's like put your like leg in between his two legs and just guide him into the boards. You don't have to. It's a choice sometimes. I, sometimes it happens real quick. I understand that. Like Rob Scuderi and uh, Steve Bernier in the in game six of the Stanley Cup final in 2012. Like that happened super fast, but you know Bernier could have totally totally pulled up but sometimes it happens like that and i don't know i i i think we should just play two and touch what do you say just, just take checking out of the game altogether i want to take checking out of the game because i know it's going to make don cherry mad i'm glad you said that because we're going to get accused of thinking that anyways by people who listen to this and, <laughs> uh, you want to just right let's go watch figure skating you know maybe yeah. maybe we will i don't know I, but i yeah it's it's tough i feel trapped here because i am an old school fan. I've got every Don Cherry video. I, you know, I grew up on that sort of game. I don't want to see these guys getting concussions and getting their necks broken and, you know, all of this stuff. And that, you know, the Sedin hit was scary. Uh, when you saw his head bounce off the ice, I think everybody was thinking like, it, he, that's it. He's done for a while. And to see him come back out and play was, uh, was good news. I, I just, you know, I don't know how you fix this to an extent that people are going to be happy with and still leave in enough of the hitting that this still feels like the sport that we know. And, and I, I hope that I hope there is a way to do that. It's just going to take someone smarter than me to do it. No one's ever going to be happy. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do. (laughs) You know, we could do, you know, we, you know, we could do though. We, we could, we could take listener questions or should I say reader questions? Speaking of people smarter than us. Speaking of people, this is, this is the first ever question. I have it. I have it queued up. I think it's a pretty good okay. one because it's it's right in your it's right in your wheelhouse. All right. It's from Dan Jenny, who goes by Danimal J thirty three, and he asks, "Why hasn't a goaltending trade happened yet? A couple of teams have desperate needs, and a couple have three, including the Islanders. Why hasn't? I, I I'm confused by this one as well to an extent because, uh, like the like the the Lightning and the Penguins had two goalies last year. They needed both goalies to get to where they got." Kind of get why those teams haven't traded their guys, but like the Islanders have three. There's 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 room for a trade somewhere, and goaltender. It should be. I can't tell if a goaltender trade should be easier or worse or harder. Do you want me to bring the rage on this one? No, I mean I don't. I mean get get yourself worked up. Get yourself worked up. Come on, come on. I know. I go. I think the the it it is a good it is a good question. I think here's the problem. Uh, I think that. Like you said, that when you look at the teams that have goalies to trade, I think the Lightning and the Penguins are going to wait. I think the Islanders would love to trade Yaroslav Halak. I'm just not sure. You look in the NHL, there's like, at any given time, there's six or eight goalies that are sure thing starters, that every team would be happy to have that guy, plug him in for 60 games, he's going to start every playoff game, you're all set. There's probably the next tier down, I feel like there's 20 or 25 guys that are fine they're acceptable starters you might you'd rather have carry price 
but you're perfectly happy to have a guy like this. It, like already there, we, we're past the 30 starting jobs in the league. Now, it doesn't mean every team in the league has a starter, but it, there's so much goaltending out there. I'm not sure Yaroslav Halak is that much better than what most teams already have. So why would you go out and, and give up assets to bring in a guy who might be a couple of percentage points better than what you already have, uh, given how many of these guys are out there? And, and, and the other problem is, you know, it takes, takes two teams to make a trade. You look at the teams that are hurting for goaltending right now, and I think you've got the Dallas Stars that we've talked about, where they've, they've got, they, they need to do something but it's a question of when do they do it and how do they work it under the cap. And then you got a bunch of teams that are either have reason to think their goaltending is going to be okay, like the Flyers, where it was very good last year. It's terrible this year, but you know, do you does does that force you to make a move? Uh, or you got teams like the Flames that already did bring in new goaltenders and they're not working out yet. But at some point, you got to you know, if you're a GM, if you're continually making these moves, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be some other gm who gets to make the next one so i I, as much as there are a lot of teams out there that you would think would be ready to make a a deal like this you know yaroslav halak isn't going to make the dallas stars any better and i'm not sure i see a ton of connections anywhere else that's that's going to get to get us to a trade that would actually have any reasonably big names involved okay tyson thorpe tyson thorpe wcpo says what is your hoodie choice zip up or pullover well, that's a great question. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. I like both. No, you got to go pull over. See, I was going to go zip gotta up. Go, got to go with the bunny hug. Because, like, here's the thing about the pullover is if you're walking around with headphones on and you, like, get somewhere you want to take the hoodie off, you got to, like, pull the, pull the headphones out. Then you got to put them back in. Like, with a hoodie, you, you the zip up. You just unzip and you're, you're good to go. So I think I'm right about this. Okay. I'll concede that one. Yes. God, I love Canadians. You can just walk right over, <laughs> march right into Ottawa and just take things over. Uh, we, we, we got, we got some Facebook ones too, right? We do. We some, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do, what do you I, got? What do you got on your, I eyes? have, what I have got right now is, uh, some Facebook questions that I am introducing and certainly not scrambling to go find in my email. Uh, uh this is, yeah, I, I threw this up on my, uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, John, uh, would like to know, and this is a bit of a loaded question, but he says, is Jack Eichel, going to be worse than Matthews, Marner, and Laney? Or where does he fit in the continuum of all of these young stars? Because Jack Eichel's kind of the... We've all been talking about the young guys, and he's sort of the forgotten name, understandably, because he's been hurt. Uh, but wh- what's your sense? Where does where does he fit in with the the rookies and second-year guys? That's a really good question. He's not. He's always nowhere near McDavid. Nobody's sure. anywhere near McDavid at, at this point. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's Line A for sure. Line A is just. He's going to be so. He's. He's going to be Finnish Ovechkin. He's going to be so great. Then you have Matthews. I, I think at this point, I think I want to put him like on the same level as Matthews, and maybe even like a little bit below. It's. It's tough because I feel like. I mean, to be fair, he has. He hasn't played hockey in like three weeks. So at this point, he may as well be dead. I mean. <laughs> It's a tough, yeah. tough break for him, but you know he's not part of my he's not part of my life anymore. But <laughs> I, I think he's I, I think he's probably in like that two A tier. Like he's not McDavid. He's not going to be one of those. Guys. I think he's I think he's he's like Pat, I think he's going to be Patrick Line like which is not bad. But but yeah, it is. Just, I know yeah. this is and the reason I said it's a load of question is because I know Sabres fans. Boy, they have very strong feelings about Jack Eichel, and they have very strong. If you ever want to get a Sabres fan furious, do you get along with any fan? No, base none at all, not, and including the Leafs. <laughs> but they all, they, you, 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 you. If if you really wanted to to not get along with that, you have to. Each one has their own specific uh, 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 things, and with the Sabres, you want if you want to infuriate a Sabres fan, suggest for a moment uh, that. The tank of 2014-15 did not work because they didn't win the Connor McDavid lottery. Right. Oh, that did that does. They get will so lose mad. their oh, minds. No, no. We want a Jack. You know, yeah. For, forget about the fact that Connor McDavid was the best prospect. Forget about the fact that they had him come to Buffalo with his junior team, <laughs> put him on a podium in front of Sabres logos. Uh, forget about the fact that Tim Murray himself, after the draft lottery, was clearly furious. 
the Sabres fans will swear to you that that season was always about McDavid or Eichel. They knew that the odds were that they were not going to get McDavid just because of the way the lottery works, and they were perfectly happy to get Jack Eichel, and they were not mm-hmm. bothered at all by the way that that worked out. That said... Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we, I, I want to see him again. I'm looking forward to getting him back uh, onto the ice and 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 sort of refreshing our memory because he was real good last year, but he was real good as a rookie, and it's it's very tough. And Patrick, what Patrick Laney and some of the other guys are doing aside, it's really tough to come in as an 18 year old rookie in your draft year and uh, and and put up any kind of numbers. And and I thought Jack Eichel was was very good. Every time I've watched him in the NHL, I've come away impressed. Uh, I'll say this though, and and at the risk of Sabres fans coming after me, when I was when I was yes. down at the yes. World Cup, uh, and I didn't get to see Team North America, but Team North America was the team everyone was talking about, and I was talking to people about some of the guys on that team, some of the young players, and just in the league, and everybody, people were raving about Connor McDavid, obviously. That was where you first started to hear people saying, you know, this Austin Matthews kid might be better than, than we think. Patrick Liney wasn't on Team North America, but people were impressed by him. I talked to a couple people. And I said, what about Jack Eichel? And there was kind of this pause. And people who? would, no, they, they knew it. No, it wasn't who, but it was like, you know, they would rave about this guy and that guy and that guy. And he'd mention Eichel and it would be like, yeah, he's he's good too. You know, we, yeah, he he's another one. He's you know he's a real. The Sabers have got a good player there, but they're just it it. I I did talk to some people who feel like maybe with Jack Eichel the ceiling is very good player instead of excellent franchise player who plays on your first line permanently and you and you don't worry about that spot for the next ten years, which is still, I mean, for a number two overall pick. That's still, that, I mean, that's great if he turns out to be that guy. But, I, you know, there there is that party that wonders, is this guy going to top out as a, uh, you know, a very good 70-point player instead of being maybe the 80 or 90, someday maybe even 100-point player that I, I think Sabres fans are still banking on? And I don't know. Like I say, every time I've seen him, he looks great to me. Uh, but I'll, I'll just kind of throw that out there that I, I talked to just enough people where the enthusiasm was just not quite at the same level as some of these other guys. So again, going back over the list, uh, Friday, Chicago Blackhawks fans are going to be in our mentions. Uh, Buffalo Sabres fans are going to just destroy you. First of all, I didn't say any of that. Sean, he, Sean, that was Sean's question. I, I he, he tricked me into answering it first before he told me about the, the vendetta that you were going to have against us. But um, to be fair, I mean, he's been out three weeks. The game has probably passed him by. So, you know, he had a good, he had a good run. He had a good year. Let's do a question that was sent by Tyler through Facebook. Uh, and this is, yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. He says, he says, who's going to be the, what's going to be the coach firing at the end of the year that takes everyone by surprise? And I'm, I'm, maybe I'll edit his question a bit and, and, and I'll take out the word coach because if you get to the end of the season, some GMs can be in play too. Who's going to be the guy that's fired at the end of the year that is going to register as a, as would register to a surprise to, as to a November hockey fan. See, like, I want to say Dave Tippett, but he's too entrenched in the front office there now. Yeah, you're probably on the mailing list, too. There's this betting house that sends out odds. And Jimmy Shapiro. Good old Jimmy sends out these odds. Good and then, every, like, if, you, if you're on Twitter and you ever, like, suddenly eight hockey writers all post <laughs> odds on the same, that's because Jimmy has sent out his odds. And he sent them out a couple days ago, updated coach firing ones, and Dave Tippett was on there. And it kind of threw me off because I, I sort of, I, not that I forgot, but I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess he, in theory, could be on the hot seat given that the team is never good. Um, although, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure his 14-year-old general manager is, is going to march in <laughs> and, and fire him. But, yeah, no, that's, that's not a bad one. Someone, someone's got to tie, shake his, shake his ties, so he can't, he can't fire dad. Dad's <laughs> got to come in there and, yeah. You know what? You know, you know, I'll pick for 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 an end of the year surprise firing. I'll say Bill Peters because I feel like more has been expected of Carolina mm-hmm. here, and they're not doing all that well. And I'm not necessarily saying it's his fault, but I don't. I, I think he's going before Ron Francis is, and maybe at the end of the year, you know, bad attendance, slow morale, someone's got to pay for it. I can that's, see it. Being that's him. that's not a yeah, that's not a bad one at all. Because Carolina is another one of those 
bad PDO teams, but the weird thing is they've been a bad PDO team for like five straight years. So at some point you go, maybe this isn't Cam Ward. <laughs> exactly, Cam exactly. Ward. That Cam Ward re-signing, the Cam Ward re-signing oh. was the strangest move of the entire offseason to me. Oh. Partly because I think Carolina is secretly one of the smarter teams in the league these days, and yet they did that. And it was the day after they got Tara Vinen, too. It was like 24 hours after everyone was like, what a move. They got Tavu Tara Vinen for one year of Brian Bickle. What a genius. Exactly. And then it was like the Cam Ward contract came out, and it was like, wait, that's that's for well, two years? That, that's two wait, years what? Really? of Cam Ward. And they, so right now, they've got terrible goaltending and average shooting. And the problem is, on paper, their goaltenders actually are terrible, and they're actually shooting above what they've done the last few years. So... It, it it shouldn't be possible to be a bad PDO team that is due to get worse, but I'm 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 not convinced <laughs> that Carolina isn't there. It, let me throw out a name. He he's looking for a surprise, so I'm going to throw out a name that I think would be a a big surprise. Mike Babcock. <laughs> no, not not quite at that level. We'll give Mike Babcock another season and a half before we we run up Christmas 2017. Pencil it in the Babcock watch begins no i'm gonna gonna throw this one out because this is a guy that i'm really fascinated by because i think outside of his home market he's considered bulletproof everybody loves this guy they think he's one of the very best in the league but then when you talk to fans from that team there's all sorts of questions around him and it's ken holland Mm. from the detroit red wings i think if you asked hockey fans to name their five best gms fans outside of detroit i think a ton of them would pick ken holland He's he's just been he's been around so long, won all those cups. He's a guy that is is kind of considered one of these untouchables. You talk to fans in Detroit, and they're they're very frustrated with the how that team is going, how, what the direction they've gone, the the constant free agent signings that never seem to work out, the fact that they've already let Jim Neal and Steve Eiserman go on to other jobs. Right, uh, you know. I have a hard time picturing Ken Holland getting fired, but could Ken Holland maybe get the old, uh, you know, boot upstairs or the reassignment or something like that? Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly wouldn't say that it's likely, but if you're looking for a situation, especially if the streak ends this year, they miss the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I as as much as it seems like Ken Holland is one of those guys who's going to have a job for life, I'll put that name out there as maybe somebody who who could be looking at replacement depending on how things go i'm gonna say no way that's fair your your logic your logic is so sound and airtight that i feel like it just can't happen you know it's like it's like the kevin shattenkirk to the rangers trade that was supposed to happen for the last five months it sounds perfect yes it it sounds like it should happen for rick nash for for rick nash i mean just you know one team has a bunch of forwards one team has a bunch of defensemen on the right side that has to happen and then here we are What's today, November tenth? It's 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 it just doesn't happen. It just I I feel like he has a job for, not a job for life, but he I I just think he's so in tight with ownership there. Who are mm-hmm. they going to bring in? Like you said, they already let Jim Neal and Steve Eiserman go. Um, I bet on that. I think, but it, I it, yeah, I, yeah, I I don't know. I'd want to see what the odds were, but I I like I say, it's this it, it's it it always fascinates me because. Every time there was there was one thing that I wrote this summer where I was kind of vaguely just a little bit critical of Ken Holland, and it felt weird to write it because I mean this is Ken Holland, like I, who who's done a better job in this league over the last however many years than this guy? And I sort of put it out there thinking, uh, you know, I, I bet you Red Wing fans are going to hammer me on this. And I had a bunch of Red Wing fans who were like, finally somebody is is taking a shot at this guy because we're all you know so frustrated with how how. The, how this guy has done his job over the last few years. I'm not saying every Red Wing fan's like that. I'm sure a lot of them are are still very much on board. But it really surprised me because usually it's the other way. Usually it's the fan base has the rose-colored glasses and they think that their guy is great no matter what anyone else says. And Detroit, it's this weird situation where for a chunk of that fan base, it feels like it's the opposite and they're waiting for somebody to dig in on Ken Holland a little bit and, and nobody outside of Detroit ever does. It's like it's it's also like the Lou Lamarillo towards the end too, where he kept it going for so long and when you pick late in drafts and you want to do things to keep the team's window open, you, you do things differently than you would have, say, I don't know, you're in Toronto and you're tanking to get Austin Matthews. It's a different philosophy and I think at some point it just it just the, the 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 return on your investment just stops being worth it and you kinda have to do something differently and you know, Pavel Dotsik leaves and 
they're just not they're just not as they're not as flush with talent. That's the that's they, the perfect that's that's the perfect comparison. Like Ken Holland is now what Lou Lamarillo was about two years ago. Where even you know when there were job openings, even in in Toronto before Lou Lamarillo wound up in Toronto, uh, you know I remember when you know they had GM openings and people would say who would you want and and people would say well I mean if you could pick anyone you grab Lou Lamorello. He's, you know, the best GM in the league. And then New Jersey fans would be like, eh, I don't know, guys, you might want to look more at his record the last few years. And that's kind of now shifted, I feel like, to to Detroit. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and it'll be it, it'd be interesting because if it did happen, uh, I think the, the reaction would be fascinating, especially if he left and if he did a Lamorello and left and went somewhere else, because then you have all the Red Wing fans who have had his back suddenly all turn on him and knife him on the way out of town the way that hockey fans always do to everybody who leaves love to knife love to knife people love love to love to tear it's them down so fun build them up so fun oh, all these great stories the you best. just forgot to tell us when the guy was actually in town <laughs> and the day after he leaves you just dump them all uh all right should we should we wrap it up we might as well I feel like we should probably I feel like we should wrap this up even though we, we we did promise to do a weekly segment about what canadian people are panicking about but since this week's everyone in america is panicking the the canadian panic doesn't even yeah it, it might so. ring a little hollow <laughs> yeah in our, in our country it's like hey what's going on uh well you know the calgary flames aren't doing too well oh yeah well guess guess who my president <laughs> is buddy exactly jerk canadians all right so um thanks for uh thanks for reading this week we love our readers. Any, anytime you want to, uh, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, leave us a positive only review. If you don't like us, just you know, whatever. Leave leave the negative comment, but give us five stars. If you don't like, um, like, email us and just rip into us. Make me cry over email. That's totally fine. But five stars on iTunes, or else I come find you. Right. And you will not be right. you will you, not be allowed to live on my couch when the revolution comes. Because I'm already moving in there. Um, I we got we got we got content all over the internet. Check us out on Twitter. Um, I got a couple pieces up on Vice that are you can go read that Blackhawks thing because if you haven't read it yet and you want to read it and then say mean things to me on the internet, go crazy. Um, got stuff all over the place. Stuff up at the comeback. Just go to go to my Twitter handle. Click on some links and you'll find some stuff and. Uh, that's all I got to sell for you this week. Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Down Goes Brown. Uh, if you're hearing this on Friday, I have my weekly grab bag up on Vice, and that uh, uh, piece on Sportsnet looking at PDO should should still be up there uh, from what I guess will be yesterday when you are hearing this tomorrow. It's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of time. It's very confusing. It's when, we're, when, we're, yeah. we're like the looper of podcasts right. right now. I, I do I do wear the Bruce Willis jaw prosthetic while I'm doing <laughs> this. You can't see it, but it's totally worth it. All right. Uh, thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. And uh, I believe we will see you next week. We might. This week's podcast is presented by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster has more tickets to more games, shows, and events than any place else and provides the most safe and transparent fan experience. That's because Ticketmaster only sells verified tickets backed up by official partnerships, which means they're all real and you will never get fake tickets. Head to Ticketmaster.com slash NHL to score verified tickets to this year's 2016-17 NHL season. That's Ticketmaster.com slash NHL. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.